Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr. This week... I speak to the two-time Olympic cross-country skiing champion, Charlotte Kalla. It's a rare interview in English with the Swedish skier, and we cover lots of interesting topics, including why February the 15th is important to the skier and why it could be important to her at the 2018 Winter Olympics. We talk about her training regime, in particular what she's doing now after she decided to stop training with the Swedish national team and train by herself. We cover a whole range of topics including what she eats on a daily basis, her gruelling daily training schedule. Plus she also talks about having an airport named after her and even a sculpture designed of her. That gets a little bit strange, a little bit weird, but actually also sounds pretty nice at the end of it if you listen to that part of the podcast. And we also talk about the times when she became Olympic champion and did it in magnificent fashion when she won the individual 10 kilometers and she was part of the relay team, which won in 2014 in Sochi. All of that is discussed on today's Best in the World with Richard Parr featuring Charlotte Kalla. Just before we get to the interview with Charlotte, I want to tell you about Sportachino. That is the network that we now belong to. So this program is out every Thursday and you can find all of the previous episodes at sportachino.com. There's also a wrestling show which goes out every Wednesday which you can watch also at sportachino.com or on Facebook or on YouTube or on Periscope all using the handle at Sportachino. All right, let's begin the conversation with the two-time Olympic cross-country skiing champion. It's Charlotte Caller. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Charlotte Callot, welcome to the best in the world with Richard Parr, two-time Olympic champion in cross-country skiing. It's so great to have you on the program. Let's start from the very beginning. Why don't you give us an idea of how you got started skiing and cross-country skiing in particular? 
Uh, it was when I was seven years old and my grandfather uh, asked me if I would like to join uh, training with the club IFK Tärende in my home village. So uh, from that moment, I was uh, uh, totally uh, amazed by cross-country skiing and just to be out by myself, not to, to watch uh, like championships and dreams uh, dream about Olympics from the very beginning. That was an interest uh, that uh, come when I was maybe 13 years old. I watched my first world championship on television. Mm, and, that, and that helped inspire you. Who were the, some, some of the people you looked up to? Who were the people you admired who were competing at the time? Uh, I remember from Lahti uh, 2001 when Pe- Per Elofsson did very well. So he was a, a big idol for me in the beginning. And as well, Lina Andersson, uh, who was a young skier from my region. It was important to see that uh, only 100 kilometers from me, she had grown up and uh, now she was performing very well. Well, is there anyone kind of as you were growing up any any people you were kind of training with as you were growing up who became a little bit of a rival and, and would you say it helped push improve your performance at all? Uh, not in my hometown, but uh, uh, in the region, uh, I had uh, maybe four girls that uh, I would like to beat. We, we were very close when we met in the competitions and uh, when I was like uh, 15 years and competed among the uh, best uh, uh, cross-country skiers in Sweden. I didn't made it to the podium but my friend Mia from uh, uh, Norrbotten, that is the region, she uh, took a third place and I knew that okay, next weekend I can beat Mia, okay, I have some talent. <laughs> uh, even though I didn't make it to the podium then. It helps spur you on. Um, you mentioned there about when you were talking about having the, the time by yourself doing the cross-country skiing. Now, when I go for a run, I normally need to listen to some music because I get pretty bored of just my own headspace. Is that something you're particularly good at? Are you... Are you good at just concentrating in, in what you're doing and, and was that always natural for you uh, it was uh, something in the beginning I wanted to be a part of a group I think that was really important and it was uh, some skiers that it was uh, maybe three years older than me and I wanted to improve my skiing just to be able to catch up with them and uh, chat and uh, just uh, be in the group uh, but right now uh, I enjoy to be by myself out in the forest or on the roller skiing or of course on the skiing so uh, I usually don't have uh, something uh, like music or podcasts in my ear uh, or not when I'm going skiing, because uh, then I want uh, to be able to focus on my technique. But uh, when I go 
running, I often listen to podcasts because uh, in running, I don't have to think about technical um, uh, things or details. But uh, on skiing, it's different. Mm. Well, I hope one of those podcasts is the best in the world with Richard Parr. And if it wasn't before, I hope it will be now, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to uh, try it next time I'm out running. Yeah, you'll have to try it. So one of your earliest successes and, and one of the things you're quite famous for at the start of your career was winning the Tour de Ski. How, how did you feel about that at the time? Oh, it was a crazy week because I went to the Tour de Ski uh, and I was not sure that I was able to uh, finish up uh, Alpsermis because I know it would be a big challenge just to compete every day and I didn't knew that I was uh, that good at that moment I didn't know that my shape was so incredible that I could uh, uh, surprise myself day after day because uh, that uh, is something you only can do one once in your career to surprise yourself and it was uh, so much fun to uh, compete that week. But uh, I was, uh, I don't think I ever have been that nervous as I was uh, the last week, uh, last evening before we were going up Alpsermis because uh, then all the week came. Uh, uh, yes, it was uh, like the first time I felt pressure mm. uh, all the other competitions had only been fun and uh, now I knew that tomorrow is the last day and it's about me and Virpe Kuitonen and uh, who's uh, gonna win from the two of us. Mm. Since then what have you learnt about yourself which helps you deal with pressure better? Uh, I have learned a lot about uh, not setting result goals uh, but uh, I'm more uh, motivated by performance and I know that uh, I can do my very best maybe be in the best shape ever uh, and uh, there are still three girls that race faster than me mm. so uh, I try to uh, focus on performance more than results today and uh, also uh, it's a really interesting journey to be a professional athlete because uh, everything is black and white and uh, you have to find uh, who you are outside the arena and that uh, has been an interesting journey also to know that I'm so much more than uh, the medals mm. but uh, sport is still a very big part of my uh, life. What what have you found about yourself Charlotte then? Uh, that I don't uh, I am uh, uh, feeling so much better if I don't focus what people think and uh, don't have so many uh, do like this or don't do like that I have to listen to my 
heart when I should take uh, decisions and not uh, be in the mindset oh what would others want me to do uh, that's uh, uh, challenging but I think it's so important whether you would like to be uh, a successful uh, yeah, in any other uh, sport or work or as a mother or yeah whatever mm, yeah and that's exactly what we try to do on this program we try to learn from you amazing athletes and trying to help us in not just our sporting endeavors but what we can do in our everyday lives now i want to talk about the 2010 olympics now and i watched the video earlier of you winning the uh, 10 kilometer title which was absolutely incredible and i wanted to ask you because i watched the competitors who got silver and bronze go through the line and they just absolutely collapsed and fell to the floor exhausted i watched you cross the line obviously winning and you didn't look anywhere near as tired as them. Did you? Did you feel that you could have got even quicker if you needed to? Yeah, uh, I think I was uh, very tired as well. But uh, you didn't show I it. Was, <laughs> no. Oh, it was a race that I had been looking forward for uh, for a long period because uh, 2006 I was not. Uh, that old to take part of an Olympic and uh, yes I was doing my first World Cup later that season so uh, uh, I had uh, a big success uh, during the World Cups uh, I think uh, in the last two years from 2008 until 2010 I had been on the podium every single 10 kilometers skating so uh, yeah, it was so much energy inside me, just wanted to come out that day. So it was um, an amazing day. Mm, I bet. And of course, that was on February the 15th. And then four years later, also on February the 15th, is when you win your um, uh, second gold medal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, you have it, noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Is it, are you looking forward to February the 15th in 2018, Charlotte? Yeah, it's 10 ki- kilometers skating on the program. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> uh, that would be yes, better. it's a special date for me because also in 2015 uh, I won the World Cup in Östersund right before oh, wow. the championship so uh, I have uh, a friend of mine who sends me a text message uh, every year since 2010 happy <laughs> first uh, how do you say anniversary <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Most people yeah. look forward to Valentine's, which is the day yeah. before, but you're probably looking forward to even more uh, February yeah. the 15th. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. So let's talk about that performance in 2014 in in the relay. And again, you were 25 seconds behind when it came to your leg. And then just the most amazing performance ever. You, you won that relay. What was in your mind when your leg started and you realized you were 25 seconds behind? Uh, I had a plan for my uh, my uh, competition and it was like, I know five kilometer is not a 
long distance, but you cannot go all out from the beginning. So I would let myself uh, get one kilometer just to be relaxed, go good technically. And after one kilometer, I was allowed to just let out all I had. And it was so motivating to hear that I was catching both Finland and Germany and it was like now it's 17 seconds and now it's 15 seconds but uh, still when there was uh, one kilometer to go uh, I was like okay so close but not uh, in their backs so maybe okay it's gonna be a bronze medal it's uh, on the podium but it was close to the silver and gold and uh, then I became so determined that I have to give it one more chance to get in the back of Finland and Germany and uh, uh, I had a lot of energy still in my body and uh, when we came to the last curve and I was laying in the third position, I was uh, so determined that I had to try to go for the gold. And I knew that I was stupid because there was Weaver on my right and it was Krista from fin- Finland on my left. But uh, I just wanted to take the inside, but uh, it was... Uh, almost no space but uh, uh, determination can take you very long and then it was only the finish line for my eyes and uh, I had uh, so much power left that I didn't knew it was something I have never experienced before and I bet your your teammates should have been really thankful uh, to you because you know they 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 had you in a bronze position and in the end you ended up bringing them back a gold. Uh, what what did they say to you afterwards? Oh, they were just screaming and laying all over me, and I was like, "Get away! I have to be able to breathe." <laughs> I was so so exhausted. Oh. How did you celebrate? Uh. Yeah, we celebrate with uh, all the teams and uh, team members from Sweden. And it was really fun because uh, the men's team, they had dressed up and put on their suits uh, when we came to the dinner. So, yeah, it was a lot of joy uh, in the Swedish team that day. Fantastic. And then it was really fun to watch the men's relay and see that they could uh, take the gold again because they uh, took gold in Vancouver and four years later they also made it in Sochi. Mm. Now you mentioned earlier that you're now training by yourself you decided to to stop training with the Swedish national team what in particular are you doing differently now in your training regime? Uh, I'm able to meet my coach every month and uh, it's something that I have tried to uh, find ways during uh, maybe five years time or he was a former uh, coach of the national team but uh, uh, he quit in 2010 after the Olympics and uh, going from meeting him 
every camp and uh, uh, the whole competition uh, season uh, I knew what it could be like and it has been really frustrating to try to uh, do something with compromises during so many years so last year I decided to give it a chance to see what it would be like to have Magnus by my side every camp and meet him every month, not only speak on phone or text message each other because he's living 500 kilometers from my place. He's up in Piteå and I'm down in Sundsvall. So uh, this was the best way to do it. But for sure, I miss the girls in the Swedish national team and to hang out with them during lunch and dinner and evenings but uh, I know that in November uh, I'm able to uh, meet them a lot Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. More from Charlotte Caller in just a moment, but I want to tell you about Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the world. They've got over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. I've listened to quite a few books on the Audible platform, and so can you. All you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best, and you can get a free trial of their service for 30 days. That includes one free audiobook download. That link again is audibletrial.com forward slash best. Check out their service. Let me know what you think. Again, it is a product that I personally use. I listen to it on the gym, on the train. When I'm going for a walk, I try and listen and learn as often as I can using Audible. All right, let's continue to listen and learn from Charlotte Color. Here's the rest of my conversation on The Best in the World. 
the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. So give us an idea of a, a typical training day for you, Charlotte. How, how, what time does it start? What are you eating throughout the day as well? And, and how long are you training for? Uh, like today, I had uh, I was up at uh, 7 o'clock and I was out uh, uh, 8.15 for my first exercise. And I have no problem to eat a good breakfast and then go out straight after so I eat uh, uh, today I had uh, uh, something called uh, I don't know what it's called but it's like uh, uh, not porridge like Uh, oatmeal uh, yes oatmeal and an egg and a banana and cinnamon and then you put some baking powder and into the microwave out Owen for one and a half minutes. So uh, sometimes I, I eat that for breakfast and uh, a sandwich. But uh, most of the days I do uh, oatmeal, like a porridge mm. with some fresh berries and uh, uh, a boiled egg and coffee. So I have to eat a big uh, breakfast. Otherwise, I don't uh, have the energy to uh, train. And uh, today I was out roller skiing for three hours. So when I came back, I had some uh, uh, leftovers from dinner. So uh, I had uh, sweet potato and mozzarella and some... Uh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, in Sweden we said, say brysselkål. Uh, and then I had uh, some uh, telephone meetings. Uh, uh, and then after that I had uh, uh, some uh, cottage cheese and uh, fruit. And then I went to do strength for one hour and then I was running for one hour and uh, yeah now I'm uh, here and I have also been uh, doing some shopping to uh, prepare food for the rest of the week and uh, I also had uh, uh, yes of course dinner and another telephone meeting and a podcast so uh, today it has only been like speaking in phone and uh, training that sounds exhausting though <laughs> yeah but not every day it's like that like in on saturday i had uh, no training and no meetings so it was a day of recovery mm. and uh, i think i need some variation and uh, i'm uh, yeah yeah, that that I worked out. That's five hours of training. You know, you said three outsides, one hour of strength, one hour of running, um, and then you said on Saturday you didn't do anything. How how often are you having days of complete recovery, complete rest? Uh, it's usually one day a week. One day a week. So yeah, uh, when I was younger, it was. Uh, 
mostly two days a week. But uh, I have noticed that uh, uh, I perform better if I don't have uh, too many totally rest days because uh, then I uh, slow down and the day after I can be more tired. My body is more like, oh, (laughs) I want to keep on resting so mm-hmm. uh, the uh, when I have most energy is the day when I'm maybe go out running two and a half hour three hour in the morning and then have a afternoon off oh, because wow. uh, then it feels like I have not been training when I don't have two exercise a day so yeah <laughs> that still sounds tiring to me <laughs> What about recovery? Is there anything you do, any kind of ice baths or uh, anything like a massage? Or what, what do you normally do? Uh, normally, when I'm out on camps, I have a physiotherapist with me. So I take massage every day. But at home, I'm not uh, taking massage that often. But I'm... Uh, uh, how do you say? Uh, I do some stretching, but not uh, like a static stretch. I do uh, many dynamic stretching. Do you know what that is? Mm, give us a couple of examples of the stretches you do. Like I can do uh, uh, some... Uh, oh, uh, I cannot say it in English, like uh, squats in front of a Uh, wall. And I have my uh, arms stretched above me and uh, I'm not uh, allowed to have the elbow uh, in a... They have to be straight. Okay, yeah. And then it's really tough for my... uh, For the back to... And then uh, when I'm uh, more uh, flexible, I can move uh, closer to the wall. Mm. So, uh, yes, it's tough, but it's really, really uh, effectful. (laughs) Uh, And then I try for recovery. I try to go to bed uh, at 10 o'clock in the evening because I think it's important to sleep and... um, uh, it's better for me to wake up at seven o'clock than uh, go uh, to bed at midnight and sleep to eight o'clock. Mm. And I'm also, uh, I like to have routines and uh, eat at uh, regular times. So uh, then I'm a person that often uh, say yes to a a lot of things so I try to say no sometimes because I think it's really important to not feel stressed too many times mm. there are good stress and then there are bad stress so to be in lack of time is not a good feeling well, I'm glad you said yes to the Best in the World podcast, Charlotte. So I'm glad that was <laughs> yeah. one of your things that you said yes to. Um, you, you mentioned routine there. What about um, on the day of a competition? Is there any superstitions you have, any particular rituals you go through? No. Um, 
I want to be in the competition area one and a half hour before my race and uh, then I go out testing some skis with my technician and uh, then I want to do some uh, interval uh, like going hard for three minutes when it's 20 minutes before my start uh, or first I go for three minutes hard when it's 30 minutes to my start and then I do another one uh, 20 minutes before the start because I want to be really warm and mm. uh, do it as close as possible so that's my routines mm. and so you've got the Winter Olympics next year we mentioned about hope, hopefully success on February the 15th and you mentioned about that your your goals are more performance related rather than results related. How do you feel with what are we about eight months to go? How, what condition do you feel you're in? Oh, I feel in a good condition right now for this time of the year. I'm really motivated to do a very good job during the summer and fall. And uh, I think I have a lot of things to improve and I also believe in my training uh, schedule that it uh, will help me to improve those things mm, fantastic um just a couple more questions I wanted to ask you uh, how did it feel when you found out that they decided to name an airport after you <laughs> yeah it was crazy <laughs> it was like uh, it's really strange because uh, uh, Tarenda and Payala is uh, small places and everyone knows everyone so yeah <laughs> it's not like in Stockholm where you are just one among every other but uh, yeah you almost know everyone by name <laughs> <laughs> well that's pretty good have there been any other accolades or, or things which have happened throughout your career which have been as uh, surprising as, say, having an airport named after you? Uh, maybe I had a man w visiting Tarenda and he was doing a sculpture of me in wood and he wanted me to come by the hotel where he was staying because he had the sculpture with him. He wanted to measure some things. <laughs> it was like strange. Okay. Where Where is this sculpture now? Uh, the uh, community of Paila uh, bought this from him and then they made uh, a statue of bronze and it's situated... Uh, in the center of my home village, Tarenda. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's started to sound really strange, but actually ended up sounding really nice. <laughs> uh, and and you talked about being more than just focused on sport and becoming a, a, a well-rounded person. What do you like to do um, to relax and what do you like to do outside of competing? Oh, I like to spend time with my family and my friends and uh, uh, be out in the nature. I think it's fantastic with Sweden and all the seasons that we have. So in the fall, I like to maybe uh, uh, take part of some moose hunting uh, 
or in the summer I like to pick berries, but uh, the springtime is the best time in Sweden and especially in the mountains to go like ski mountaineering and uh, just being outside enjoying the sun and the some good weather and hopefully good company as well. Mm, fantastic. Uh, what's your shot like? Are, are you good at the hunting? Uh, no, no, I have never uh, shot a moose, but I think it's uh, just coming out is the thing. And it's some excitement as well. But uh, most important is to uh, be a part of a group and uh, just uh, like, like be one of uh, one with the nature just uh, cool down relax mm, fantastic well it's been really good to talk to you today charlotte thank you so much for being on the program just before you go maybe you can tell us where we can continue to follow your journey on social media or anything like that please uh yes i'm not that uh, uh out on social media uh, every day but uh, I try to do my very best some days a week on Instagram and you can follow me on kalla underscore 87 perfect so of course you haven't got much time for social media you gave us an idea of your day and that included five hours of exercise phone calls <laughs> podcasts and cooking three meals so I completely understand that but we'll put a link to it on our Instagram page anyway thank you so much for being on the program Charlotte Caller. thank you for being the best in the world thank you very much the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr Really good to have Charlotte on the program as our first cross-country skiing Olympic champion on the program. Although we are starting to rack up the Olympic champions from the winter sports, we've had quite a few snowboarders on the program so far. You may remember Kelly Clark was not too long ago. We also had Nicola Turst, both snowboard Olympic champions. We've also had the world superpipe champion, Gretchen Blyla on the program. Eve Muirhead, of course, is a curler. She's been on the program. You might want to go back and listen to all of them. They're at ACAST. That's ACAST.com forward slash best. They're also on sportachino.com. You can listen back to all of them. And, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, if you haven't given us a rating and review already, please go and do that. It really does help. And also click the subscribe button because every single week we are bringing you amazing knowledge from Olympic and world champions. And I don't want you to miss a second of these knowledge bombs. I want you to continue to listen and learn to the greatest sports people on the planet. So click that subscribe on iTunes, please. It really would help you and it helps me as well. And of course, you can go back and listen to other interviews we've had with people throughout the weeks. Maybe listen back to one of the first ever with the German goalkeeper, Bodo Ilgner. That's a fun conversation. We also spoke to Etienne Stott, the canoe slalomist. One of my favorite ones recently was another canoe slalomist. That was Joe Jacoby. Really interesting chat there. Lots of metaphors. Another one I really liked was the speed skater, Chad Hedrick. They're all on the best in the world with Richard Parr. Go back and listen to them once you click that subscribe button. All right, that's it for now, but I'll be with you next week with another Olympic champion, world champion, world record holder, or world number one on the best in the world with Richard Parr. Goodbye. 
the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.